are you doing, Chicago? After that big-time victory, first big-time victory of the season for the Chicago Bears. And we are here to break it down here on our We Are Regal Radio's 3 and Out series, where we give you three big takeaways from every Bears game after the completion. And this week, after a short week with the, the loss coming Sunday against the Colts, the Bears respond with a 20-19 to victory over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And coincidentally, if they had scored 20 points on Sunday, they could be 5-0 and right now. But regardless of all that, we're here to break down this matchup with Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. So let's get into it with our first takeaway. We're going to focus in on really what was a, an exciting possibility, and that is the Bears' pass rush. And it finally returned on the national stage, and they showed up in a big way. They really got after Tom Brady and did some some really impressive stuff in the pass rush, and that includes Chuck Pagano, who I have definitely questioned at times this season about how how much schematically he's adding to the Bears and maybe he needs to take more of a responsibility in doing so. And he really was up to task and, and made things difficult for Tom Brady with some of the exotic stuff that he was bringing. And he really did a great job calling that game. But then the players on the field, Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, Robert Quinn, they they really started to get pressure on Tom Brady, and Khalil Mack comes away with a couple sacks, a, a bunch of knockdowns, and a bunch of hits on Brady. He had to get rid of the football a few times earlier than he would have wanted to because that pass rush just kept steadily improving as the game continued on. And man, if this is what the Bears are going to start becoming as a pass rushing unit, that is that is such an exciting development because this Buccaneers offensive line took the Chargers to task, and that Chargers team has a pass rush that has nothing to sneeze at themselves. And for them to really get no pressure whatsoever, and for Tristan Wirfs, the rookie uh, tackle that Khalil Mack was matched up against, he completely locked down Joey Bosa. And Joey Bosa is maybe not quite Khalil Mack, but he's he's up there. I mean, he's one of the best pass rushers in the league, no doubt about it. So for Khalil to really get going on a short week with how many questions he's had about that knee so far this season, that's really exciting because now with this uh, longer duration between this game and Carolina and we'll get to that a little bit later on but uh, a chance for him to really rest up, a chance for this team to really let this this confident boosting victory settle in and, and really enjoy this one and, and hopefully build off of this and get uh, even better at what they've been doing but again if they can come together like that and really attack some of these offenses that they're going to see down the road with their pass rush, it gives you hope, especially now being four and one, you've got the extra playoff spot this year. And it's almost a certainty when you get to four and one that you are going to get into the playoffs. Now, of course the bears are famously in 2012, the last time they were four and one, they missed the playoffs. And that was Lovey Smith's final season. 
definitely can't take anything for granted, but the arrow is pointing up for the first time in what has been a while this season because, you know, they had not really established themselves, and this was a statement game against a good team that's going to be fighting for a playoff spot if they don't win their division, and and it's very possible that the Buccaneers are going to be a wild card team, so you've got to get those tie breaks when you have your opportunity, and that's exactly what the Bears did. It's a big, significant reason for that victory, the pass rush, and what Cleo Mack and the rest of that group did. But you got to also shout out that secondary because they did some really nice stuff. Obviously, DeAndre Houston Carson gets the, the knockaway on what Tom Brady thought was third down, but it ended up being fourth down. And that goes to show and is a testament for how much the Bears' uh, pass rush really disoriented uh, Tom Brady. I had even heard on the Mully and Hall show on 670 The Score a story before then about how Tom Brady would famously, in the uh, reporter's phone calls to the media, uh, for the opposite team that you're playing. So when New England would play the Bears, his media session with the Chicago media and he would always ask little things like where the play clocks are on the field and and wanted to know in detail some of the things that he had not seen before or he had not remembered exactly where and it was a testament to how detail-oriented Tom Brady is and for him to make that mistake I mean that's that's a kudos to the Bears uh, pass rush because I, I don't think he was necessarily concussed or anything because obviously that would be a, a little bit different. We want the health and safety of all players, but he was definitely rattled by that pass rush and and a good job by the Bears and Chuck Pagano for what they did and and of course we got to shout out Kyle Fuller really quick too. That play, the hit that causes the fumble. I mean just absolutely terrific Uh, I thought for sure that that was a flag when I watched it live then you watch the replay and you think man that's pretty clean Uh, uh, you can't if you're going to whistle that then uh, as Troy Aikman said on the broadcast that's what coaches are going to show in their uh, meetings beginning in training camp where this is legal this is what the type of hit that we're looking for out of our defensive backs so great stuff and then for that to be turned into a fumble and for the Bears to get that big takeaway that they've been trying to get it it just felt like that avalanche effect where the pass rush could finally get going now that they had a little bit of energy and momentum Uh, like I said the, the defensive backs played very well overall and for Kyle Fuller to make that play Jalen Johnson was picked on a little bit by Tom Brady, but he seemed to get better and better as the game went on. Uh, It's an exciting end to uh, what has been a tumultuous week for the Bears after it was so doom and gloom at the beginning. And obviously there's still room for improvement. Danny Trevathan wasn't exactly perfect, and that can definitely be said about Roquan Smith, who missed some opportunities for some big early tackles, and he's got to shore that up. But... It's at least comforting to see that right now, and no matter who you are, if you are going to play the Chicago Bears defense, you got to expect to score basically high teens, low 20s, because they're not giving up much more. And, and if they get this pass rush going, you can expect that points per game to start going down as well. Our next takeaway is going to be focused in on the Bears offensive line, because... Uh, 
a pretty significant development happened at the end of that game or within the game that obviously was pointed out by the broadcast. And that was the insertion of Alex Bars at left guard because James Daniels, the starting left guard, is feared to be lost for the rest of the year or at least a good amount of time with a pectoral injury. And normally those are season enders. And I know J.J. Watt famously, what was it, a year, two years ago at most, he came back very soon from a torn pack, uh, but maybe a little bit superhuman there. Kind of hard to expect that from James, but we're waiting on the severity to be announced. Uh, that's a huge loss uh, by all accounts from range of analysts here in Chicago including guys like Olin Krutz, uh, Patrick Manley, the two guys that played the position in the NFL. Uh, they have all said how this loss is pretty significant because James Daniels was probably your best offensive lineman right now. And even though he didn't have a great game against DeForest Buckner, he had been playing so consistent up until that Colts game and really had showed uh, an improvement. And he's kind of famously a very young player so maybe he need a little bit more time to develop than most of your average NFL rookies because he still was so young didn't quite have that NFL body and it seemed like everything was sort of coming together for him this season that is a tough blow and then on top of it when you look at the entire group uh, that was a big key in the Colts game that I had pointed out on our We Are Regal Radio's fourth and goal series, you know, the offensive line had to show up against what was a really good defensive front, and the same could be said in this game, and a big break came for the Bears in, a, in an unfortunate way when Vita Vea, one of their top defensive linemen, went down with a broken ankle, and uh, he is feared to be done for the rest of the season as well, and it looked really bad when they showed the replay, so a terrible injury for them but it, it definitely helped the Bears who Vita Vea was matched up over Alex Barr's side. So that made it a little bit simpler and easier for Alex Bars, who is getting really his first actual NFL starting experience in a game. And it, it, was, uh, it was interesting to see the game plan also from Matt Nagy because clearly he feared that run defense of the Buccaneers and for really good reason. I mean, they didn't give up much of anything at all. 35 total yards on 14 carries and they are, if not the best, the Colts are the other best at stopping the run. And clearly this Bears offensive line, if you're gonna lose your best offensive lineman, it's gonna be extremely difficult to just simply start running the football effectively especially when a, a lot of these guys are getting pushed back. It's something to watch moving forward. Uh, what exactly the Bears are going to do with their offensive line? Is it simply Alex Bars is the left guard and it, it, you move forward? Do the Bears consider potentially doing any type of change? Uh, I don't know if there's anything that they can really radically do, but... If you're going to change up the offensive line, it seems like now would be the time, especially if it is announced that James Daniels is done for the year and you know you won't have him. Uh, do they maybe go out on the streets and try to get a free agent? Uh, I don't know exactly if there's a, a ton of talent that they're interested in out there, and I would think that the 
replacement is going to come from in-house, but definitely, like I said, something that bears monitoring moving forward. And that sort of takes us to our, our third and final takeaway, and that is the extended time that the Bears now have between this game and their next one, which is against Carolina on the 18th. This is almost like a little mini bye week in the season for the Bears, and they are going to have a nice bye week late in the year, too, that should be pretty impactful when you talk about potential injuries and maybe getting some guys back. But head coach Matt Nagy and the rest of his offensive staff, they need to really figure out some things in this time and and make some hard decisions potentially they've got to find a way to make this offensive line be more effective i mean the running game is going to look better when they play some other opponents and it might start right away with carolina who i'm not exactly sure where they're at at run defense but Certainly not as heralded or as talked about as what we've seen from Tampa Bay or Indianapolis. That's going to be huge. On top of it, Nick Foles, whether it's him kind of getting used to his line or whether he needs his line to play a little bit better, but it just seems like there's times where he's holding on to the football too long, and that has wound up as potential big-time bad mistakes that could have really cost the Bears versus other times where it seems like he can kind of sit back there a little bit longer, but he gets rid of the football a little too soon rather than letting something develop. And hopefully that's just time and reps. And especially now, like I said, when you have this extra time to get ready, do extra film work, then all next week to prepare for the Carolina and as well as get some work in potentially and, and fix maybe some of the issues that have been plaguing you early on the season. And it would be great if the bears could find some kind of answer for their offensive line. And there's a host of other issues as well. And Matt Nagy needs to have an idea of how can I get Nick Foles to be a little bit more on the same page with everybody else. And on top of it, Nick Foles at one point in that game really wanted to run some up-tempo, and it was it was funny. I felt the exact same way. I thought that the Bears' offense really could have benefited from some no huddle, and Matt Nagy has been very hesitant to do that with Nick Foles because of the transition and how well they know the plays and the playbook, maybe getting used to each other as play caller and quarterback. But whatever the reason, they've got to figure that out. And that's got to be something in the arsenal because Nick Foles can read defenses. And if he sees an opportunity like a really good matchup on the field or maybe the defense is in their base formation when they need to get a nickel out there, maybe they got a nickel Uh, formation that the Bears can take advantage of with their personnel on offense. Whatever it may be, you want to be able to use that tempo if your quarterback, especially a guy like Nick Foles, that his number one skill is reading defenses and understanding where to go with the football in this offense. And that kind of, along with a bunch of other intangibles, but that kind of ability was something that was sorely missed with Mitch you need to take advantage of potential up-tempo or if it's no huddle or if it's just something that you want to kind of create 
I mean, this is a great time to really go through the playbook and say, what do you like? What don't you like? What plays really accentuate what you do well? And they have really struggled with some of their accuracy, getting on the same page and getting the football downfield with their shots. This is a chance maybe to, to rework some things, whether it's get some footwork down with repetition between the quarterback and receiver maybe the certain type of routes that guys are running you know it's easy easier for him to throw a skinny post seam to jimmy graham versus alan robinson whatever it is this is that big opportunity and speaking of opportunity and jimmy graham uh, i've been thinking that jimmy graham has to be one of the prime candidates to become that number two receiver for this offense they desperately need somebody else to rise up besides Allen robinson to really establish themselves as a threat that defenses have to account for and basically be that counterpunch to Allen robinson and you'd love for that to be darnell mooney ted ginn maybe even anthony miller because you're talking about the speed guys now with anthony it, it really looks like uh, he is not going to get as many opportunities as some of these other guys. Uh, it, it's probably going to be an injury or an inability from either Mooney, some of the tight ends, maybe even uh, Ted Ginn, whatever it is. But he's moving down in the pecking order, and he's going to have to figure that out with work that he does in practice and, and obviously staying game ready so that when he does get an opportunity, he can potentially make a play. But Darnell Mooney with that speed would be great as a number two compliment to Allen Robinson. Uh, but seeing Jimmy Graham looking like somewhat old school Jimmy Graham, the only mistake he made was not attacking the football late in that football game when uh, the ball was thrown at him. He should have high pointed it and not just expected it to cradle on into his body but that aggressiveness on the one-handed terrific play uh, as much as Kyle Fuller's play was a highlight defensively this Jimmy Graham touchdown was the equivalent offensively a perfect back shoulder throw by Nick Foles and I love watching Jimmy Graham go up for it and fight on those 50-50 balls and really believe that that should be more of a of a a significant factor in this offense I mean especially if you ever see man coverage and Jimmy Graham lined up I mean if I'm Nick Foles I'm going to go out there a lot more and he's thrown that 50-50 ball a lot to Allen Robinson but I I think I would give Jimmy Graham a shot because especially with his body control and he uses his arms so well you see it that he throws out that wing but he doesn't extend his arm and it's like a post-up play and offense but he uses his strength because he's so strong and big and uses his size that he will kind of just wing somebody off of him never fully extends which would be a flag but as long as you have that 90 degree bend in the elbow you can basically do whatever you need to do and he got that six inches of separation whatever it was and it created a perfect pocket for him to go with his other hand and make that catch and for him to just make that one-handed catch like it was nothing i mean he's been huge in the red zone four touchdowns for him on the year i think he had 10 total with the uh, seattle back in 2015 that was his last impactful uh, touchdown year 
for $9 million, if he can get around 10 touchdowns for you, I think he paid himself off. So it's looking more and more like Jimmy Graham is becoming a really nice signing by the Bears. But can they expand, I think, is the question. Because if you can really establish that number two, and if he is that guy, and it, it reminds me a little bit about Jason Witten, back in Dallas, how he just could be such a safety valve. You just throw it to him, he's just going to catch it, and he's going to pick up four or five yards and just basically be a good running play at the minimum. If they can get that with Jimmy Graham and then get some shots downfield with Mooney, Ted Ginn, uh, obviously Anthony Miller, if he comes along as well, Cordell Patterson out of the backfield, you start feeling really good about what this offense can do. So definitely a lot of things that the bears can work on in this kind of mini bye week we haven't even come close to a 60 minute complete game from this team and we have seen that before under matt Nagy, or at least 50 55 minutes and i think that's going to be one of the huge goals for this team for next week if you want a little tease and that's going to be can they play more of a complete game other than probably the first half against the Giants it's only been fourth quarters that they've really showed up and even in this game against the Buccaneers you look at the second quarter as a really good quarter but that third was not and I guess you give it to the fourth because you got the victory there they've got to put together more good football for longer durations but a great win moving to four and one that's nothing to sneeze at Hopefully this team can, as I said, fix some issues or at least get a heck of a lot better in certain areas. And if Nick Foles, again, can play consistent and maybe take a step forward by hitting some deep balls downfield, you feel good about the potential of this Bears team, but a huge development to watch is going to be the progression of that offensive line.